Welcome to EM Guidewire, your guide to emergency medicine, brought to you by the residents and faculty from Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's time for Sports Medicine. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Corner. Jeremy Driscoll here. Today we're going to be talking about clavicle fractures. If you were like me last year and had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you know the pain and suffering a clavicle fracture can bring. Usually these are due to shoulder trauma, not really direct clavicle trauma. That's pretty rare. Often when the patient slash player is tackled to the ground or sometimes someone falling in an outstretched hand, you know, you're foosh. Or this really occurs due to direct impact to the lateral shoulder. The majority of fractures, about 75 to 80%, involve the middle third, 15% in the distal third, and then 5% in the medial third. Of note, the distal third injuries are often associated with AC joint disruption or coracoclavicular ligament rupture. Medial fractures, though, are really associated with intrathoracic injuries, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. On examination, you're going to see swelling, deformity, tenderness, and pain over the anterior shoulder. A lot of the times, these patients are going to be supporting their affected arm with the other arm for relief. For displaced fractures, you'll see the immediate fragment displaced posteriorly and superiorly as the sternocleidomastoid is going to be pulling on that fragment. The lateral portion, however, is going to be displaced inferiorly and medially because the pectoralis and weight of the arm pulls it down. Open fractures usually result, though, from medial fragment buttonholing through the platysma muscle. For evaluations, do a good neurovascular exam. If there's one thing you can get out of a simple clavicle fracture is make sure you're not missing any vascular injury. This is going to be assessing distal pulses and sensation and all those dermatomal distributions. Get an x-ray. This could be a chest x-ray, shoulder x-ray, or sometimes if a facility can do a dedicated clavicle films. Associated injuries are rare, but you can see rib fractures or even pneumothorax or some sort of neurovascular injury. There is a special additional x-ray view if your facility can perform this, and this is called a Zanka, Z-A-N-C-A view. It's essentially 15 degrees of cephalic tilt. This will help determine the superior or inferior displacement and can be modulated by having the patient hold like a little 5 or 10 pound weight, maybe a little 1 liter bag of saline in the affected hand. Also, if you have a high suspicion of vascular injury, I'd recommend getting a CT scan for further evaluation. Now, there's different classifications. I think I've come across maybe 6 or 8 different kinds, the Near, Allman, Craig, Robinson, or the AO classifications. Not really important for what we're going to be talking about now. More important to the orthopedic surgeons for indications for operative versus non-operative repair. But let's talk about management of these patients and what type of repair or repair they don't need. For non-operative repair, place the patient in a sling or figure of eight immobilization, making sure they do early range of motion exercises beginning about two to four weeks. After this, they can start strength training at six to 10 weeks. This is really ideal for minimally displaced fractures, or fractures with less than two centimeters of shortening without any neurologic deficits. The non-union rate of these types of fractures is pretty low. It's about one to five percent, but this is most often seen in the elderly and in females. For operative repair, this is gonna be ORIF. Uh, this is really indicated for open fractures or you know that really bad displaced fracture that's almost tenting out of the skin or anyone who has neurovascular injury. The risk of operative repair is going to be the need for future procedures, maybe implant removal or debridement for complications such as infection. Big thing for these patients is going to be pain control. I recommend NSAIDs and acetaminophen. There's a good article that I'll put in the show notes that came out in JAMA last year, basically saying that for extremity injuries, which I consider this an extremity injury, 
that ibuprofens and acetaminophen are just as equal, if not a little bit better, than non-opioid analgesics on acute extremity pain in the emergency department. Disposition for these patients, discharge with ortho and sports medicine follow-up, possible surgical intervention for these comminuted fractures, or like we said, significant displacement or shortening. Consult orthopedic surgery in the emergency department if the patient has an open fracture. Get them started on some cefazolin, or if there's neurovascular compromise or skin tenting. All right, that sums it up for clavicle fractures. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go! Be awesome today. CMC out.